Good morning to you, my brothers and sisters in Christ at Antioch Baptist Church in Kenya. God bless you and keep you this morning. Thank you for this chance to come together as we look to the living and active Word of God that the Scripture says is sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces to the division of soul and spirit, of joint and of marrow, discerning the thoughts and intentions of our heart. That's found in Hebrews 4.12. So today we're going to look at Romans chapter 4. We're going to look at verse 13 and Lord willing to the end of the chapter 4, which is verse 25. We remember that this letter that we're looking at was written by Paul to a church in Rome, a church he had never visited, and he had nothing to do with the starting of that church. It was made up of Jewish Christians and Gentile Christians, and there were problems between the Jewish Christians and the Gentile Christians, primarily with the Jewish Christians insisting that the Gentile Christians must adhere or follow along with uh, various regulations of the Jewish faith that have nothing to do with trusting in Christ. They, they have to do with trusting in tradition and the ways of their elders. So let's, let's read these verses and pray and dive into this section of Scripture that we're blessed to look at today starting with verse 13 of chapter 4 of Romans. For the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be heir of the world did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, there is no transgression. This is why it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring, not only to the adherent of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations, in the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. I hope he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations as he had been told. So shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. That is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. But the words it was counted to him were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. It would be counted to it will be counted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. 
O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. The heavens and the earth declare your glory. May our souls cry out your praises also. Thank you, Lord, for your living and active word. May it pierce our hearts, transform and renew our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. So reading this, I'm, I'm doubting that we'll get all the way through this, but we will see. There is so, so, so much here for us to get. So the, the little heading in my Bible that's, I think the technical word is pericope, P-E-R-I-C-O-P-E, the little heading that's written in, that's not a part of original scripture, says the promise realized through faith. And that is a great uh, heading or title for this section of scripture. The promise of God, the promise of restoration of our relationship with God and his presence and his provision and his peace is made to Abraham and all his offspring, but it didn't come through the law. It didn't come through works of the law, doing this and not doing that, but through the righteousness of faith. Actually, we could probably spend years right there in those few words in that one verse, but let's see where we get. So Abraham and his offspring is not referring just to the heirs of his body, although they're included in that are in Christ, uh, but all who are people of the faith, all who have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be heir of the world came through the righteousness of faith, why is faith righteous? Because faith is a gift from God. It says in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for it is by grace, a gift from God, my comment, that you are saved through faith. And this not of yourselves, this meaning faith, it also is a gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. So we have no grounds to boast our, our righteousness is in faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Any sense that we have any righteousness apart from Jesus Christ is just false and it's foolish. Because if we could be right in our own power, then God would not have sent us a Savior. God is a holy and perfect God. He knows exactly what we need, and he knew that we needed a Savior. We didn't need to be a little better. We didn't need to teach ourselves to not do this and to do that, although those may be good things. But, but righteousness is through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, not in ourselves. He says, for if it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. If, if those who seek to do what the, the law says, uh, referring to the Jewish law, if they seek to do this and don't do that, again, not that doing and not doing those things is not important, it is, but it's not the basis, it has nothing to do with the basis of our relationship to God through Christ Jesus. 
if if there's true goodness in it, it's, it's as a result of that relationship. It is because of the faith we have, which was given to us by God. Salvation is God's plan from start to finish. We didn't come up with any part of it. We don't contribute anything to it except a recognition of our deep need for God, our need for a Savior, our fundamental sinfulness, and God's absolute holiness, and the two that must come together so that we set aside anything that we think is good in us and trust in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ, who said from the cross, it is finished, saying that he had paid for all sin in full. And so any righteousness we have before God is in Christ Jesus. He said the law just brings wrath. It just, because nobody can keep the law. The law was never intended to make us righteous. It was to show us our need for righteousness and our need for a savior. That is why it depends on faith. In order that the promise may rest on grace, that's God's gift to us that we don't deserve, and be guaranteed to all his offspring. It depends on faith. Our relationship to God depends 100% on faith. We are saved through faith. Uh, He says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with the heart that we believe and are justified declared righteous, made right before God, and with our mouth that we confess and are saved. Our mouth is confessing what has happened in our heart when we put our trust in Jesus Christ. Uh, it, it's all rest on grace. It's, it's a gift of God. Guaranteed to all his offspring, all his spiritual offspring, all those who will not seek to be adherents to the law, but who share in the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. He said, as it is written, God told Abraham, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. We are dead in our trespasses and sins, just as surely as if we were laying in a tomb with the breath of life gone from us, spiritually we are dead. We are all dead and we're all bound to be separated from God forever except that God gives us a new life. He gives us salvation. He reconciles us to himself and he calls us into life. We weren't alive, but he calls us into life. We, we were dead in our trespasses and sins, but when he gives us the gift of life and we receive it through faith, then he calls us from death to life. He calls us his sons when before we weren't. We were eternally separated from him by our sin. People speak of God condemning someone to death, but there is no such thing. Our sin is what condemns us to death. We're all dead and bound for eternal separation from God, and it's only by his gift that we're called into life. So he calls those things that aren't as if they are. 
uh, it's referring to Abraham. It says he believed against hope. Abraham was told that he would be the father of many nations, and there was no way that could happen. He, he was a hundred years old, and his wife was barren, had never had a child, never been able to conceive a child between them in their relationship. They're way, way, way beyond childbearing years, and God tells him that. And, and any one of us would laugh at that, but he didn't laugh at it. It says no unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God. It doesn't say that he didn't have some moments of unbelief. It said no unbelief made him waver concerning the promises of God. This is huge. This is huge. We need to get this. Thoughts of doubt will come into our minds, but don't let them make us waver concerning the promise of God. The pro- we may fall down, but the promises of God never fail. They never fail. They never fail. But because he didn't waver in his faith, he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. We need to give glory to God in our lives by trusting and obeying, by honoring God in our lives, by following after the Lord Jesus Christ. He was fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. We need to be convinced of this because it is the truth. Anything else is a lie. God is able. He is fully able, not just able, but ready and willing. That is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. With all those things staring him in the face, he said, yet I believe God. He was was like Job who would follow him. And, and said, uh, you know what, even though things aren't going the way I wish they were, shall I accept good from God and not accept challenges from him? Even if he slay me, yet will I trust in him and praise him, Job said. And, and Abraham saying, I, don't, I can't make any sense out of this. I'm 100. Sarah's almost as old. She's never had a baby. We've never been able to conceive. We're way past childbearing years, but God said it. I believe it. Not that he needed his stamp of approval on it. God said it, and that settled it. But Abraham believed in God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. And it's not only for him, but he specifically says in verse 23 and 24, but it's for us also, for you and for me. When we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, it's counted to us as righteousness. We believe in him, God the Father, who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Praise be to God, for it is by grace we're saved through faith, through faith. Abraham was declared righteous because of his faith, and that promise is not to him only, but also to us. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. God bless you, and I pray that we will come together again soon in the Lord Jesus Christ as we continue by his grace, if it be his will, to look at this letter to the church at Rome, which is also written to your heart and to mine. God bless you and keep you, brothers and sisters.